Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Man is nothing. Even with you, man is still nothing. The only valuable thing in man is you. We recognize it. We thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for calling us to be your children. Thank you for telling us that when we gather in your name, you'll be there. Thank you because you made that promise, Lord, and your promises do not fail. And that is how we know that you are here. Thank you. You've come to change us. You've come to direct us. You've come to bring counsel to us. You've come to bring wisdom for living. And Father, we open up our hearts to you tonight to do exactly that in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you're here representing the Father and representing the Son. We yield to you completely. We thank you for coming. I trust you totally. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We give God great, 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 great praise for this morning, for all that he's been doing from the beginning of this convention up until now. Hallelujah. Is there anyone that wants to appreciate God for all that he's been doing? Amen. Thank you, Lord. From the day you were born till today, he has been good. He has been kind. He has been faithful. Is there something that you have to thank God for? Is there something that you have? Do you have a reason to bless the name of the Lord? Do you have a reason to appreciate him? Do you have a reason to say you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and I enthrone you as Lord over my life? And today I surrender again to you. I come afresh and I surrender. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to just honor God for his servants in the house, Pastor Lekon and Pastor Oluto Yossi. God bless you so much. Thank you, ma. All that regional coordinator who were there yesterday. Thank you for putting all of this together. And the lives of men, I believe, has been changed and transformed, and it will not stop in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for having me in your midst. We may be seated quickly as we quickly take a look into the word of God. Hallelujah. I know that you are so hungry for God, and that's why I told you to appreciate your pastor for what he's doing. He's made you the sort of people that are hungry and open to God's word. Today, if you are hungry, God will feed you and you'll be full and satisfied. We read the scripture Jesus said on the third day of the feast, it was actually the feast of Pentecost, and he said, if you are hungry, come and drink. And that is exactly what God is saying. One of the things that God did is that he gave a gift to every single man. God is a fair God. He's very fair. And he's an equal opportunity God. He designed life in such a way that nobody will say, I'm cheated, and the other person will say, oh, I'm favored. There are certain things that God has put in place so that he's not fair, so that he gives every man equal opportunity. And so one of the things that God did is that he gave us a particular gift, a powerful gift he gave to every single living creature. 
Once you have breath, that gift was given to you. He gave that gift to man, every man. He gave that gift to animals. He gave that gift to angels. The only living thing that he didn't give that gift to are plants. They didn't have that particular gift, but as long as you have breath and you're moving about, whether you're an animal, whether you're an angel, whether you're a human being, that gift was given to you. And that gift is not really Jesus, really, because I know where your mind is going to, because that gift is designed for the lifting of men. This particular gift that God gave, it is what decides how far you will go in life. If you see a man that is lifted, he used that gift well. If you see a man that is destroyed, that man used that gift well. If you look around you, you see that there are people that have Jesus, but they are still destroyed. Their lives are still upside down. So it's not, having Jesus is not the end. If I tell you what this gift is, you know that even if you have Jesus, if you don't use this gift well, you are going to struggle through life in time. And even when you get to eternity, it's going to be really, really horrible for you because you didn't understand the gift that God gave to all men, all animals, all creatures, all angels, every single one of them. He gave us that gift so that God will not be seen as unfair. He's very fair. He's very just. And that particular gift is what he put the moment you're born into this life. He gives it to you. And you continue having that particular gift until eternity. What is the gift we are discussing today that determines the rising of men, the falling of people, how well you do in life, how terribly you do in life? All of that is a function of what you do with the gift. And like I said, the gift is not Jesus Christ. Neither is he God or the Holy Spirit. That gift given to all men is called the free will. It's called the will of a man. Because if you have Jesus and you do not use your will well, you will still be destroyed. Because there are many Christians who, though they have Jesus Christ, they are not using the free will that God gave them well. Because your, free, your will, your free will has to do, it determines the kind of decisions that you make. So you are a product of every single decision you have made in this life. God gave free will to angels so that whatever they do is dependent on what they've decided. I hear a lot of people say that the difference between men and angels is that angels do not have free will. And so they are forced to worship God. And then we Christians have will and therefore we choose to worship God. I don't really know the part of scripture they got that for, but that doesn't tally with the word of God at all. It has no bearing in scripture. Angels are giving free will, and I'll show it to you from the scripture just in case you're doubting. Every single being, the only thing that hasn't been given will is the plants. The plants, they can't move. But if you are an animal, you are giving will because that is the will that makes an animal decide, I'm going to go to the left or I'm going to go to the right. It's will. And so every angel you see bowing down to worship God today chose to do that. He can decide, I'm not going to worship God. Lucifer is a perfect example. If you read your Bible, maybe that would be a good place for us to start. If you read our Bible in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 15, it captures it perfectly. You see that the best gift, the highest gift that God gave man is the will. But man has used it well. So in Isaiah chapter 14, the Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are that cut down to the ground, you that weaken the nation? Let's see how he did that in verse 13. He says, for you have said in your heart, what, say that with me. Can we read the whole of that verse together? Did you, what did you say? I what? I will. I will ascend into the heavens. 
I will exalt my throne above the heavens of God. And he continues, that tells me angels have wills. They have free will and they can use it in whatever way. They can choose to use it well to praise God. They can choose to use it to disobey God. We're all given the will. And there are three kinds of will. The first will is what is called self-will. There are people that are self-willed. And then self-will means that you do not consult God. You don't consult your creator. You take a decision based on the different things you see in life. You just say, okay, you know what? It's good to go to Lagos and you pack to Lagos. It's good to relocate to Canada because they said we should relocate. Or it's good to marry this person or that. So you are self-willed. You make your own decisions by yourself. It's one type of will. And these are all in the scripture. I won't have the time to go to show you. The second kind of will is what is called the stubborn will. Now, these are people who consult the word of God. They know the word of God, but they choose on their own not to. The difference between the self-will and the stubborn will, that the self-will may not really consult God. He just does what he feels is right. The stubborn will consults God's word. He knows what God has said. He knows God says forgive, but he chooses not to forgive. He knows God says don't lie, but he decides on his own to be stubborn. And then that's what you have, the stubborn will. And then the third kind of will, the three S's of the will. The self-will, second one is what? The stubborn will. The third one is what? Surrendered will. There are men whose will are surrendered to God. So whatever God says, how they feel is not important. They go ahead and they surrender to God. But the truth is that every one of us exhibits these three kinds of will. The only thing is that the proportion with which we do it differs. Yeah. So you have some people, their surrendered will is 3%. And then their self-will is 80%. And then they are stubborn with this 23%. So it just, that's the interplay. At every point in time, you see yourself exhibiting these ones. Now, the, the more you yield to the surrendered will, the more you look like Jesus. The more your percentage is towards the surrendered will, the more you talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, behave like Jesus. That's what it is. And so your will determines the decisions that you make. So the big question today is this. What is it that makes a man stop onto the will of God? Why will a man know that this is what God has said and he goes ahead to do the opposite? If you don't understand it, you will not be able to control the choices that you make. And if you do not control the choices that you make, you're not going to have a very good life. So we want to understand how are decisions made? Why do people go against God? Why do people know the right thing to do? You think they know the right thing to do and then they do the opposite. I'll tell you what it is. Your decision-making process is controlled by something called value. Value. Nobody will invest in something he does not see value in. You will never invest in it. The reason people do not pursue God, they've not seen the value in the pursuit of God. You think you have seen the value in God, but it is not true. How do I know? I see how you relate with God. Coming to church, how you spend your time, all of that determines whether or not you have seen value in the things that concern God. Now, the kingdom of God, the Bible tells us, is so valuable that if a man gives up everything that he has all, and he gets the value of God, is a good trade-off. It's a perfect trade-off. If you give up every single thing, your clothes, your shoe, your career, all of that, and you get the kingdom of God, is a good trade-off. 
It might not make sense to the average man, but it's a good trade-off. And that is exactly what Apostle Paul did. So the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 3, 8 to 9, Paul was saying, he said, everything that I consider as good, all those things that were to my advantage, he said, I left them all for the excellency. He said, I counted them as nothing, dung, that I may win Christ. The Bible said this is a perfect trade-off. But what is it about this kingdom of God that is so valuable? Why is it that the enemy does every single thing? Because his sole purpose is to make you not see the value in the kingdom. He does it to every single man that comes into this planet. He makes sure that the man will never see the benefit of a pursuit of God. He does it to every man. He even did it to Jesus. Luke chapter 4. This thing is so serious that he even tried it on Jesus. Let's take a look. We'll read the Bible in Luke chapter 4. I think it captures one of the temptations of Jesus. Luke 4, 5, 6. Uh, we'll look at it. The Bible says, And the devil taking him, him there being Jesus Christ, taking him up into a high mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And then verse, he says, Then the devil said to him, All these power I will give thee, and the glory of them, for that it has been delivered unto me. So, devil was telling Jesus, you see this whole world, right? I'm willing to give it to you. Why was he willing? What is that thing about the kingdom of God? What is that thing that is so valuable about the kingdom of God that the devil was willing to lose everything so that Jesus would not gain the kingdom? Did you see the trade-off? He was telling Jesus, I'm going to give you everything if you will just bow down to me. In other words, I, Satan, am willing to lose control of everything. If you will not have access to the kingdom, what is that thing that is so valuable about the kingdom of God? What is that thing that is so valuable about the kingdom of God that Jesus was saying, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this kingdom. What is that thing that is so valuable? What is the thing that is so valuable about the kingdom that the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13 that a man found a field it is so precious. You see, the kingdom of God is like a man who found a field. If we look at that verse in Matthew chapter 13, we'll see what it says. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, to look at 246, he said, I'm reading from the NLT version. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. I'm reading Matthew 13, 44. He said, in his excitement, he hid it again, and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. What is it about the kingdom that is so valuable that you have to find it? Because the Bible said the man had to find the kingdom. It's something that has to be discovered. It is hidden. But the Bible says, to those people who find it, the, the, the sign that they have found it, because you can be a Christian and not find the kingdom. The sign that they have found it is they are willing to sell everything. Men who have not found the kingdom don't sell everything to get it. They've not seen it. They've come to church. They hear about Jesus. They've not found the value in this thing. Peter found the value in this thing. And so the Bible says that when Peter was talking to Jesus, he said to him in Mark chapter 10 verse 28, he said, we have left all and we have followed you. We have left all their business, 
They left everything to follow God. They found something most Christians have not found. They found something most tongue talkers have not found. They found something that most people that preach about Jesus, talk about Jesus, have not found. The mark that you have found it is that you are willing to let go of everything, including your very life. If you are still holding on to life, if you are still holding on to everything, you have been in church. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. You are born again. But one thing you have not found, you have not found the value in the kingdom. So the question is, is what is that thing about the kingdom that is so valuable that men who have found it are willing to give up everything? Why is it then, if that kingdom is so valuable, why is it that Adam let go of the kingdom? Why? He was working with God. He had to work with God. Why is it that Adam let go of this valuable kingdom just to get whatever it is he gave up for? Why? Just to listen to his wife. Why did Adam give it up? To be able to answer these questions and a whole lot more, I have to invite you to the school of the blind. I'm going to take you on a little journey in the next five, ten minutes to the school of the blind. Satan understands how decisions are made. He knows that men make decisions based on value. He knows that the will of man tilts in the area of value. He knows anything you see value in, you are going to invest your time and your resources in it. So what did the devil do? His sole purpose is to make sure you never see the value in the kingdom. What he does is he highlights every other thing. He makes every other thing appear to have more value than the kingdom. So what does he do? The moment a baby is born, he attacks the baby with a particular sickness. When a baby is born, the first attack is not cancer or whatever, or he's, he's malnourished. Those things are rubbish. Ted doesn't have that kind of time. The first attack, he goes for your eyes. He targets your eyes, he makes you blind. So that you're never able to see the value in this kingdom. You won't see it. Second Corinthians 4 4. Maybe that blindness is on your eyes. Second Corinthians, this is what he does to every man. He says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the men, the minds of those who don't believe. So there is a blindness. What kind of blindness? Why is he blinding them? So that they don't see the light of the glorious gospel. They can't see the benefit in this thing. The extent to which you are following God is the extent to which you saw the value in this thing. So the sole purpose of Satan is to make everything look more valuable and look the kingdom of, make the kingdom of God look less valuable. So what he does, he plagues mankind with blindness. They can't see the value. One day God helped Moses to see the value. Of the kingdom. So you know what he did? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, he says that one day Pharaoh got up and he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The Bible says he preferred to suffer affliction with the children of Israel than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. At that moment, blindness had been cleared. God took the blindness away. He now began to value the things that count in life. That is what Apostle Paul saw. Where he said, I count all things as done. As a matter of fact, that is the reason Jesus came. John chapter 9, verse 39. I, when I listen to a lot of people talk about the reason Jesus came, they omit this one. But let's look at it, John chapter 9, verse 39. 
Because Jesus knows that this thing is so serious. It would determine how a man uses his will. And Jesus said, for judgment I am coming to this world. That they which see not might see. And that they we see might be made blind. He said, the reason I came is to help men who don't see. Is Jesus talking about physical sight? No. Men who cannot see the value in the kingdom. Men who cannot see the value in Christianity. He said, my job is to deal with blindness of the eyes. Satan's job is to blind you. My job is to show you what you don't know. It, the thing is so serious that the reason they raised Apostle Paul and released all that anointing on him was for him to help men see. Acts 26. Verse 16. In Acts chapter 9, they give us a brief summary or a, a summary of what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus. They didn't give us the full details. But in Acts 26, Paul was in prison and all that. He came for trial and he began to talk to us about the full detail of what happened to him. This story was told three times in the Bible in the book of Acts. Acts 9 is one of them. Acts 26 is the second one. So he's telling us what happened. When we read Acts 9, it stops at where Jesus said, um, why are you kicking against the priests? In this one, it completes the story. So he said, but arise, Jesus is talking. He said, arise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of those things which you have seen and those things which you see when I appear to you. Now let's look at verse 17. He now begins to give him purpose. He said, delivering them from delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I'm sending you. So he said, the reason I'm going to deliver you, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles is to do this one thing. This is Paul's assignment. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. What eyes is he talking about? He wasn't talking about people who are blind physically. No. He said, your people, the Gentiles, they are blind. The reason I'm sending you is to open the blindness of men. To what? To see the light of the gospel. Most Christians, many Christians, maybe 98%, we don't know the value in what we have. The devil knows because he knows what he lost. So every single thing is being projected to look more valuable to you. Your afternoon sleep is more valuable than spending time with God in church. You don't see value in prayer. That's why you don't pray. I used to think the reason people don't pray is because they are not disciplined. No, it's not true. There are people that are disciplined in the area they want to be disciplined. Why is it that when it comes to prayer, you suddenly lose discipline? But you are disciplined in every single thing. Why in the area of prayer you lose discipline? It's because it's not a matter of discipline. It's a matter of value. You are blind. You don't see the benefit of spending time with God. You don't know what that thing will do for you and your generation. So we are blind. We are walking about blind. And the enemy keeps us blind so that we don't see the value in this thing. And then even when church is for 45 minutes, people see walking late. But they don't go late to walk. They don't see value in this thing. Nobody goes to work late. But people come to church and they are normal about it. Let it rain. You see people who won't go to church because it rained. But they can never miss work because it rained. Even when people are ill, they will struggle, try their best. But the slightest discomfort, let the pastor say something you don't like, that's the end. Why is he talking to me like that? For what? You won't see him again in church. He doesn't know the value. And Satan is the one that is doing that thing. He targets the eyes. He doesn't target your hand. He doesn't target your job. He doesn't target anything. He targets the eyes to make you poor 
spiritually poor, yet you might be rich in the physical. Blindness of the eyes. Welcome to the school of the blind, where men are taught that every other thing has more value than the kingdom. That is what Moses was praying. When he said, oh God, show me your glory. What was he asking, really? Now, if you study your Bible very well, you see the word glory might be one word in English, but it means different things. So the beauty or the advantage or the disadvantage of reading in English is that sometimes they use one word to mean many different things. Okay, I'm going to pick a tribe, in a Nigerian tribe, and give a name, is Yoruba, so I'm sure there are a few Yoruba people here, to try to explain what I mean. Then I'll explain why Moses was asking, show me your glory. What is Ina in Yoruba? Am I calling it right? Ina means what? And and light, okay. So, for those of you who are not Yoruba, ina means what? Fire and light. What it means is that if I'm reading in your, a Yoruba text, and I see ina, and I see, is it ina, and I see ina, and I see ina, the tendency is I'll keep reading ina, but it is only someone who understands that can say, mm -mm, this ina here is light, and this ina here is what? Fire. Now, when we read the English Bible, they can use one word, Right? In English, glory, 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 glory. But they all mean different things. Is that a bit clear? So, the word glory might be one English word. But if you read it in different places, it means different things. For instance, there's Ichabod. Meaning what? The glory of the Lord has departed. That one is talking about the weight of the presence of God. And then you have another one called Shekinah. That's the cloud. It's not talking about the same thing. The glory of God, there are several manifestations of the glory of God. So remember when the Bible told us that the priest could not minister because of the glory of God that entered the temple. It is a physical cloud. And then the Bible talks about Ichabod, the glory, the weight of the presence of God. And then, but the one Moses was asking for in Exodus 11 wasn't any of these two. There's something about the glory of God. That one talks about the goodness of God, the kindness of God, all the beautiful things about the character of God. That's what Moses was asking. What he was saying, how do I know that's the glory he was asking? Because of the answer that God gave him. Let's read that please. Exodus 33 verse 18. And he said, this is Moses, he there being Moses. And he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. Do you know what beseech means? It's like begging with everything in me. I beseech you, show me your glory. He wasn't asking for Shekinah. He wasn't asking for Ichabod. He was asking for, show me your goodness. Show me the kindness. Show me the good things about you. How do I know? 19, this is the response Jesus gave. And he said, he there being God, I will make all my goodness pass before you. If Moses was asking God for Shekinah, this would be a stupid answer for God to give him. He was asking, Lord, I want to see the value in this thing. I want to see the goodness of following you. I want to see the value in this thing that I'm doing. Until you see the value in Christianity, you won't pursue it. Why is the American missionary in Iraq? Why did Mary Slezor leave America and come to Africa, to Calabar? Do you know what is Africa now? See how horrible it is. Imagine how it could have been those days. No roads. People were eating themselves. Cannibals. They were killing twins. And then that day, missionary came to her church. 
and, and said, you know what, we need missionaries to go to Africa. She was about to get married two months to her wedding. And she answered the altar call. And it's record that the fiancé said to her, if you take this thing, forget about the wedding. He said, I would rather be the bride of Christ forever than to be your bride for a short season. But he slept up, packed her bag, and went to Calabar. It is because of her twins are living today. Question, what did Mary Slesso see? People are dying to be married. Marriage is good. People are abandoning Christ because they are not married. So there's a woman that came to me. She's 65 now. The day she met me, she said she's 65. She said, I made a mistake in life. I'm not, no, she didn't say I made a mistake initially. She said, I am not where I'm meant to be. I said, so how do you know where you're meant to be? He said, as a teenager, I served God. I followed God. I did everything. And in my youth service, I continued to follow God. I was passionate and all that. He said, but the time came when, you know, my mates were doing better. I said, how do you know they were doing better? I said, because they were all getting married except me. So she waited till 30, 31, 32. She wasn't married, so she began to pull back. Pull back her commitment. I know the devil, give me one step, you take 20 steps. He said, I pulled back. I began to pursue my own way. Not that I wasn't going to church, I was still going to church. But I just began to pull back, pull back. She said, if I knew what's happening, yes, I got a job and did this, did that. And I said, so what's happening to you now? She said, I'm 65. I left the ministry God called me for because I have the call of God on my life. He said, you see this thing you are doing? I know this is what I'm meant to do. He said, because I began to carry fire from when I was on campus. I began to preach when I was small. People were getting healed when I was in 18. I said, so if you had this kind of fire, what's going on? He said, it was marriage and money and job. I said, okay, are you married now? Where's your husband? No, I'm not yet married. Okay, so marriage you didn't have. And I looked at her. I could tell it's not money that she now had. So Satan played a fast one. What did he do? He targeted her eyes. She stopped seeing the value in the kingdom. And so this is what Moses saw. He said, I, I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter again. I'm seeing something. And he was willing to go to the desert for 40 years. This is the heir apparent to the biggest empire in the world. Egypt at the time. You heard of Egyptian civilization. It's just like talking about the American civilization. You are the president. What's the president's name? Biden. You are his son. Right? And let's say it was a time when it's not, not democracy, it's a monarchy. So if your father is president, you are going to be president. This is the lineage for this is the, um, the plan for Moses' life and destiny to take over from Pharaoh. What did Moses see that made him say no? At this point, what say he came to himself? What does it mean he came to himself? His eyes fell open, scales fell off his eyes. He said, What am I doing? Going after the throne of Egypt that will be here today, gone tomorrow. Do you know that if Moses had not allowed his eyes to see, do you know what would have happened to him? When Pharaoh and the horses pursued Israel, Moses would have been with them. Guess how he would have ended at the bottom of the Red Sea? But he made a choice. You know what? Pharaoh was pursuing him. You know, it's just a small decision. Moses would have been one under the sea. Guess what? God can never be stranded. Another person will rise to lead Israel out. Moses' destiny was to get to the Red Sea, either as Pharaoh or as Moses. 
his destiny, both of them. How? Do you know there are many of you looking at me? This thing I'm doing is you. You're meant to be doing this thing. You're meant to be doing it. Somewhere along the line, you didn't see value in a pursuit for God. Because God's system is slow. In the physical, because he's taking you through a process. He won't do it the way man does it. He wants something that will last. When I finished school, I got a job with you say. United States Agency for International Development. Good one. But God says, no. I want you in ministry fully. Because he wanted me to have the right foundation. Planted deep in the ground before I pursue any other thing. And so thank God he helped me to see the value in this thing. And I pursued it. I pursued God with everything in me. I went after God. And then I was transferred to one place. Enugu, and salary was 2000 and I wish they couldn't afford to pay because the church was too small to pay at the time. But I didn't care. I was hungry for God. I was so thirsty for God. And I would spend nights in prayer. What am I praying? I'm not praying God anoints me. No, I didn't want any anointing. I just wanted to know this God. I would spend nights in the mountain. This God, praying to know God. And then something came on my life. I opened my mouth to speak. And men come on an influence and want to know God. I left those days with God on my life. I've traveled all over the world, changing the world for God. Well, guess what? A time came where God said, you see what? You're going to speak at the highest platform on earth, the United Nations. The day I went there to speak, I asked myself a question. What exactly am I doing here? How? I'm not the smartest Nigerian. Definitely not the finest. I'm, I can't see why I'm here. This is something that presidents of nations are looking for. How come I'm here? And the Lord spoke to me and said, the day you made up your mind to give up everything to follow me, that day I made up my mind, I'll put you on the highest platform on planet Earth. Can you see the value in this thing? And can you be patient enough to follow God no matter what. Do you know the value in having faithful with God? Do you know the value in God showing you compassion? Do you know the value in the hand of God being upon you? Pastor Deboe is a mathematician, PhD. Do you really think he's known all over the world because he knows how to do two times two is equal to three? Can you compare any lecturer in this Nigeria and in all the world to what God has used him to do in time and in eternity? When we stand in eternity, do you think they are going to care about his certificate? Do you think they are going to care about any other thing? It is things you did for God. Many things you are abandoning. You have not seen value. You are blind. This is Satan's sole purpose, to keep you blind. The greatest prayer you're going to pray for yourself. God, show me the value in this thing. For I don't see the value. Anything you are struggling with, you've not seen value. If you are struggling with prayer, hmm? daily prayer. You know, yesterday I talked about discipline of the spirit. Don't say, God, make me disciplined. Don't say, God, show me the value in prayer. Pray it every day until you see the value. What has happened is that the things that God has used, has given us to bless humanity, the devil has made those things seem more valuable. So we depend on sight of technology and we are no more seeing visions of the spirit. We can't see tomorrow anymore. 
We are blind to spiritual realities. We are listening to messages. We are in church. We are growing in finances. Because that's what happened to Laodicean church. But while they were growing financially, Jesus said, you guys are wretched. That's why people were lukewarm. They were not seeing the value. How do I know it is blindness that caused lukewarmness? The answer is simple. When Jesus was giving them a solution to their problem, what did he say? He said, ask me for eye salve. You are blind. You can't see. Show us that scripture. I think that will be the last scripture. And I'll be out of here. Let's look at Revelation chapter 3. I think it's verse 18. He was telling them, he said, you guys ask me for eye salve. I'm not, he said, I'm giving you advice. I'm giving you advice. Eye salve that you may see. The reason you are lukewarm is because you have a problem with eye. You can't see the value. Do you know what it means? A man has favor with God. That means when every other thing fails, you did not qualify. It's not your time. But there's something that just kind of like moves you ahead. Look at what happened to the Egyptians. The Bible tells us that they spoiled the Egyptians. That day they went. They had been impoverished for 430 years. How are you going to get repaid for 430 years work? But there is a God that does fast track. There is a God that can speed things up. Guess what? That night, in one day, they collected everything and the Egyptians had owed them for years. God said, go to them. There's something I'm going to put in your mouth. Whatever you ask the Egyptians, they'll give it to you. Everything. Open your mouth and begin to ask. That's what I call favor. You know, Pharaoh is not the name of a human being. Pharaoh is the name of a title, right? So meaning that Moses would have had the title of Pharaoh. Now, if Moses had not seen the recompense of reward, meaning that recompense of reward just means El Gelmuel, meaning that the God who rewards. Hmm? If he had not had an encounter with El Gelmuel, meaning the God that rewards, that's what that scripture in uh, Hebrews 11.24 says, he has seen the recompense of reward. Do you know what would have happened to Moses? They would have written his name in the book as Pharaoh. That's all, full stop. But guess what? Today, thousands of years later, we are discussing Moses, not Pharaoh. The man that saw God face to face. The man that was called a friend of God. Which Pharaoh can never smell that? None. Not one. There is nobody who has Christ that is disadvantaged compared to an unbeliever. But they make you think the value is with them. So you want to be like them. You want to dress like them. You want to talk like them. When you pursue God, they call you a fanatic. You think being a fanatic is a bad thing. I wear the badge of fanatic proudly. How much value have you seen in this thing? If you don't see value, you can't pursue. There's an extent you can't give God if you don't see the value. You know the most of the giving we give God, I will give you this, if only you will give me this. Transactional relationship, because you can't see value. A man that sees value, we give with reckless abandon. You behave like a madman, because there's something you are seeing. Other men are not seeing. When a man gets lukewarm, he has not seen value. When a man does not come to church, he has not seen value. The Bible says when that man found it, he sold everything to get it. The devil knows the value in this thing. Do you know what it means, the value in having a revelation of the name of Jesus? Not just having the name of Jesus, having a revelation. Do you know what that door does open to for you? Do you know Satan looks at you and is afraid? I told you yesterday, I said, you see, 
with studying of the word and deep meditation, you grow in, from one level to the next. Some years ago, if I hear they did voodoo, whatever, enchantment against me, I, will pray. I may not be afraid, but I will pray. I'll bind Satan. I'll do night BG. In Jesus' name. Hey, hey, hey. In Jesus' name. Hey, hey. But I tell you, as I grew in the things of the Lord, reading the Bible and deeply meditating, honestly speaking before God, if they do a voodoo, whatever against me, I will not pray. I will not utter a word of prayer. Why? The Bible nullifies any incantation. You can't. There is no other God. So which God are you doing incantation to? Nothing can happen to me without permission from God. The Bible says, and Jesus gave them permission to enter the peace. If the devil was that powerful, when, the, when Jesus was cast him out of the madman of Gadara, they said they begged Jesus, cast us into the pigs. Then the Bible says, and Jesus gave them permission. Je Satan can't do anything without permission of God. The Bible said that the demons tremble, not because there's God, but they know there's one God. You see it in the book of James 2. He said they know there's one God. They report to one man, and that man is my father. So demons are subject to me. Sickness is subject to me. How many people have come in contact with that, shake their hands, that have all kinds of sicknesses? Nothing. The value in this thing, when we get to heaven, you will, the Bible said there will be wiping of tears. Why would there be wiping of tears? Many will cry for what they have lost because they gave them bronze. People, do you know what you are exchanging? Bronze or gold. It's not even bronze you are exchanging. Bronze. You're going to ask God, show me the fuck you in the kingdom. That prayer that Moses prayed, say, God, show me your glory. Show me the glory in this thing, but I've not seen it. Show me the glory in this thing. If you don't see the value, it gets to a point you can't continue with God. When challenges come, you're going to buckle under pressure. When different things come, you are going to buckle under pressure. When you don't have money, you are not going to continue. When you are sick, you are not going to continue. Whenever anything comes, you are going to continue. Why? Because you have not seen value. Show me value. Remove the blindness. I am blind. I am blind. I am blind. Take away the blindness. I recognize I am blind. I am blind. The reason you are not giving is because you can't, you can't see. You are blind. You don't know what it means to invest in the kingdom. This is the biggest investment ever in the whole world. The kingdom of God. The reason you are not fasting, you don't see the value. The reason you are not walking in love, you don't see the value. The reason you are stubborn in your will. The reason you are self-willed is because you don't see value. You don't see value. The devil has cheated you. He has made you blind. Tell God, I'm coming out of the school of the blind. I'm coming out of the school of the blind. Help me to see. We prayed the prayer. We said, channels of my spirit open up. So, Lord, we're asking the channel of sight. The channel of sight. The channel of sight. Let it open, oh God. Anoint me where I serve that I may see. That I may see. That I may see. That I may see. Open my eyes that I may see.
We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.